0: We're going to step away from our series for just um, one day. I just felt like that this is a time for our focus to, to really be on the value of life. You know, uh, our God is all about life. Our God is all about life. I'm just going to take a few minutes to, to walk through this with you this morning. If anybody happens to peek out, if we got open more than two or three inches of snow, let me know. We'll go ahead and... You know, seriously, since the fall of of Satan and the rebellion against God the Creator and Satan being cast down, and subsequently the fall of man, sin rebellion against God, choosing His way above God's way, uh, there has been a culture of death and a culture of life in the world. Now... A culture simply is, what is it? It's just simply the way of life of a particular group or nation. Uh, Your customs, your beliefs, your values, your interests, and normally the custom, normally the the culture is passed down from one generation to another. For instance, we have a southern culture. Anybody know that? Down south, we have a southern culture that's very different from the culture of California or New York. Notably, the South has always, at least uh, for the most part, been known as people down the South are friendly. And I don't know if that's changing or not, but I remember growing up, you just waved at everybody. You just waved at everybody. It didn't matter where you knew them or not. You would speak, nod your head. How are you doing? I remember my first trip into a big city, first trip in New York, many years ago, as a young boy from the South, just realizing that people were walking. Uh, walking by one another and, and every direction and, and, and no, one was, no one was speaking. No one was noticing those that were around them. The culture down the south is, um, you know, it's seen in our language like y'all, or I reckon, over yonder. Well, bless your heart as all get out. You probably won't find these in old cultures. I'm fixing two, Hill of beans. Your mom and them. I mean, we got all kinds of southern language in religion down south, for the most part. As we've grown up, we've seen that the church has a culture of its own. Some of it good, some of it not so good. Some of it biblical, some of it not. But we had certain things that we said, this is what the church is. This is what the church does. And for many ways, it was a part of our culture down here. It, did, it was very different from culture from a, another place in the nation or another place in the world. But this was how we did church down south. And I mean, there's some good things about that. The closeness, the family, the Bible belt, as we were known. Funerals. You know, down south, funerals have always been done differently. Now that's changing now. But always funerals was a time of gathering and sharing. Funerals were always the time for food. Everybody notice that? Someone dies, you take food to the family. That's a good thing. I mean, it's a tremendous help. But, you know. When death takes place, you look for the ham and potato salad. That's just the way it is, down south. It's a part of our culture. The culture of death sees human life as as just another animal. Evolved evolution. Uh, the culture of death sees life as uh, de- actually degrades, devalues, and sees life, another human's life, as disposable. You see it. In the media today. You see it in video games. You see it in, the, in all the murders, the killing that's taking place, a culture of death. You see it even in people's language, uh, that they speak a culture of death. They speak negatively. They speak uh, always in, in a sense of, of, of fear or torment or destruct, destructiveness, And the culture of life sees life as sacred. N- not uh, not evolved from from uh, some microcosm but but sees life as sacred and originating from god so therefore it's to be valued one of the most tragic examples of the culture of death in our generation in particular is that of abortion taking the life of an innocent unborn child thank you michelle for your ministry, for your life, and for all those that, that work with you, and for all the churches that connect and support. Thank you, guys. Um, lives truly have been saved. Back in January 22nd, 1973, as we all know, the Supreme Court, the Roe v. Wade decision, essentially legalize abortion and demand in all 50 states. Now since then a lot of states, thankfully, have set restrictions, very strong restrictions on abortion. But for so many years the abortion was primarily because it was inconvenient to have another child or it was not affordable. Now we've heard from Michelle this morning about all the tragic situations as to why some face abortion and see that as the only only solution. But in January uh, January 1984, the then President Ronald Reagan issued a proclamation designating January the 22nd as the National Sanctity of Human Life Day. And has been set aside each year now that we recognize. Thankfully, in recent years, the number of abortions have declined in the United States. But one child, even one child lost through abortion is too much. I am thankful to know that our God is a God that's on the side of life. Always. You know, I want to be on his side. And that's the side. You know, the scripture says, God is on my side. And that's true. He is for you. But I need to make sure that I'm on his side. God's all about life. Let me walk you through four things here briefly. God is all about life in his creation. And he's the creator and he's a sustainer of life itself. God created as a demonstration of his love. That's basically what it was. And to establish those who would follow him and walk in his kingdom and, and establish his rule on earth. Genesis 1, 26, 27. Then God said, let us. That's a trinity. You know, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God, three persons. Let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. Do you remember how Satan approached Eve? Over every creeping thing on earth, man has been given dominion. Verse 27, Amplified Bible says, So God created man in his own image, and in the image and likeness of God he created him male and female. He created them this way. Image And likeness of God. What does that mean? Well, we have the ability to reason. We have a will. We have a moral capacity. We we, we are spirit people. We we are a spirit. We have a mind. We live in a body. That's how God has created us. We've been stamped with God's ownership. And our value is in him. Creating his likeness and image to represent that. In our world. Genesis 2 7, the Bible says, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. And get this, He breathed the breath of life into man's nostrils, and the man became a living person or soul. Then 5 says, Became an individual, complete in body and spirit. Genesis 5 says, In the day that God created man, He made him in the likeness of God. James 3 9, in the New Testament says, we are made in the image and likeness of God. So God is all about life and we see it in his creation. God is all about life when we see how he has sustained life. He has sustained life. Sustain simply means, you know what it means. It means to support, to, to hold up, to hold together, to supply. Spoken to Jacob in Isaiah chapter 46, verse 4 he says, I will be your God throughout all your lifetime. Good word. Yes. It, I will be your God throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with age. That takes a of regardless of how much hair you have. Now how old do you get? But he's speaking of old age, I'll be with you throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with age. I love this. It says, I made you. And I will care for you. And I will carry you along and save you. Hebrews 1 verse 3 begins. says, A son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the power of his word. Speaking of Jesus, Colossians 1, which tells us of the the greatness of Jesus. uh, That that, that Jesus is, uh, is above all. And he, Jesus, is before all things. And in him all things consist are held together. Acts 17 28, I love this verse, says, For in him we live and we move and we have our being, our existence. So we know that God's got life because he's shown in his creation and he shows in fact that he keeps us, he sustains us. God is also all about life when we look at birth and the new birth. His design was always life begets life. Genesis 1:28, God blessed them, Adam and Eve, and said, "Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, take dominion, reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky and all the animals and the, that scurry on the ground, every living thing that moves on earth." So the scripture says, and this is one of the, the first commandments of the Lord to his creation, to Adam. He says, "Now you be fruitful and multiply." Now God created him Adam and Eve, but from then on, just imagine this: that God made a way and invited man and woman to participate in his creation by multiplying, by having babies, by bringing up the next generation. How awesome is that? God's all about life. After the flood, God promised to Noah in his covenant to Noah. And he said, as for you, be fruitful. Replenish the earth. God's all about life. The, in a sense, the magic, but the, the mystery and the beauty of the birth of a baby. Psalm 139 is very familiar to most of you. Verse 13 begins, says, Lord, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and you knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion as I was woven together in the dark of womb. God is all about the gift of life and the birth. But he's also all about life when it comes to new birth, to spiritual birth. You remember when Nicodemus came to Jesus in John chapter 3? He says, how how can I get into, how can I inherit the kingdom of God? And then Jesus responded in a very puzzling way to Nicodemus. He says, you must be born again. And Naturally, thinking, he would say, well, you know, that's impossible. How can I enter again into my mother's womb? What do you mean by that? And Jesus said, you must be born of the flesh and the spirit. Born of water is the flesh. Born of the spirit is life. So everyone that's here today, everyone that exists, you were born of water. You had the physical birth. That's a gift from God. But then after that, it's so important that God has provided the new birth to be born again. That's the only way in the kingdom of God. That's the way he's provided. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, through his sacrifice, through his death, his resurrection, we can be born again. Born the spirit, born anathem them from above. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life and no man comes to me to the father except through me. John ten ten, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But why does he come that we might have life and have it more abundantly? That full Life till it overflows. So, so God is all about life in the fact that the beauty and his design for the birth of human beings. That little baby boy or girl. God's all about life. And the beauty and the wondrous, the wondrous power of God seen in making us new. A new creation. Born of the Spirit. And that's by choice. I mean I've had a choice to be born physically. But you have a choice as to be born again and born spiritually. And that's that's by seeing that Jesus gave his life for you. Believing that he died on the cross for you. Believing that he rose from the dead. And committing and surrendering your life to him. And you'll be born again. Or you'll experience that spiritual birth. A supernatural thing. You may not feel that much different at the time. But that's when you're made alive spiritually. And in order to inherit eternal life, you have to be made alive. Spiritually. John 3.16 Everyone knows God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes on Him, trusts in Him, will have everlasting, eternal life. Which brings me to the the third thing that God is all about life because we see it in His resurrection and in the eternity He's promised us. Ah, when we read, sometimes it's good to go back and read the story of the resurrection, not just around Easter. And it's good, and I love 1 Corinthians chapter 15, which is sometimes referred to as a resurrection chapter. Here's what Paul says, and he's showing the importance of resurrection through this chapter, but here's what he says in verse 16. He says, if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our faith is useless or in vain, and you're still guilty in your sins. You're still lost. Then in verse 19, he says, and if our hope in Christ is only for this life, and on earth, is only for this life, your physical lifespan, then we are more to be pitied than anyone in this world, Lord. As King James says, we are of all men most miserable. Thank God for the gift of his life, in the promise of resurrection. Because he lives. We live. And when you die. Or when Jesus comes. Then you move into that eternal promise. That has been given to you and me. Romans 6.5. Says since we have been. United with him in his death. That's putting your faith and confidence in him as your savior. Giving his life for you. Since you've been united with him in his death. You've died to self. Let Christ live in you. He says, then you will also be raised to life as he was. Final thing is, God's all about life when it comes to kingdom living. I'm going to talk about kingdom life for just a minute too. Sometimes when we think about kingdom of God or kingdom of heavens, people's mind goes to heaven, goes to the future. And, And that is one of the uses of that that it is true. But it's so much more than that. When Jesus was on earth and the disciples wanted Him to teach them how to pray, a part of that prayer was pray to the Father that His will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's not a in the by and by. That's now. Now. God wants us to come to a place where we understand the importance of living this culture of life Because we're a part of his kingdom. Yes? Yes? We are a part of that culture of life. So in Matthew 6.33, we're told, right off the bat, it's more important than anything else, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness first and above all else. And all the other things in life, all the other things that you need will be given to you. And then in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, one of my favorite verses in the New Testament says, for he has rescued and delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred, or King James has translated us into, has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son, kingdom of your Son. You see, when you came to Christ, when you surrendered your life to Him and you were born again, you became a believer, a follower of Christ, something supernatural happened to you. You belonged to Him. You're his follower. He has given you a new life, new purpose, new beginning. And once you've done that, when you did that, you changed addresses. You may still live at the same address on a certain street or location right now. But your life, your real life, your spiritual life, you moved. You changed where you live. You move from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the sun, which means you move from a way of living here to living according to the kingdom principles, His way. This is powerful, and this is strong. And the gospel, we know what the gospel is, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. We know that. But so much of the concept of the kingdom has been missed by the church. One of the things that Jesus talked about most was kingdom of God living according to the kingdom of God here on the earth now things won't be perfect until heaven until we're with him but he wanted us to come to this world of darkness and need and hurt and pain and demonstrate his life in whatever way that we can in every way that we can and that's establishing his kingdom where you live bring up your children in a godly way Treat your spouse according to the word. Let your family be devoted to him. That's a kingdom culture in your home. We wouldn't be seeing trouble in the world today if we had the kingdom culture in the lives of the home, the family. We need to see that around us. And the only one that's given the, listen, the Great Commission. There is a connection between abortion and the Great Commission. Jesus said go into all the world and make disciples. This is, you need to go to the next generation, next generation. But what if you kill part of a generation? It's still all an attempt of the enemy to cut off, his, cut off the word, cut off the promises of God, cut off the message of life. What does that, it means that some things have to change in me. Uh, my, the way I speak, the, 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 our, our conversations need to be life-giving instead of tearing down or instead of being negative. What if we, what if we were those that always, what if we were those that always encouraged and lifted up and spoke life in situations. There's plenty of people speaking death and pain into a situation. God needs some folks to stand up and say, I'm going to speak life in your situation right now. What an encouragement. What a blessing that would be. How it would change things around us. Not only the kingdom Speaking or sharing conversation, but kingdom thinking. That's where it starts. From the heart, we begin to think along the line of what God says in His Word. And we begin to align our life with those things and participate in the kingdom life He's called us to. You're a citizen of that kingdom right now. And oh, how we need that in the church today. How we need those around us to see the church as a life-giving people, right? For so often... For, for so long, mo- uh, most people have seen the church more for what it's against than what it's for. Well, you know, as a church, well, you Christians, you're against, you know, down south, you're against this, and you're against that, and you're against, you know, you're against this, you don't believe in this, you hate this. Uh, we have to stand against some things that are wrong. Absolutely. But our main focus should be on the, the world, seeing the church as life-giving, as positive, of someone who desires to bless and help and lift up, not of someone who's requiring or setting a long list of legal uh, rules or obligations for people to follow. There's people to love. That's what the kingdom's all about. Yeah, abortion is, is a horrible tragedy. Pro-life, pro-choice. You know, all of us are pro-choice in some ways, right? I want to make my own choices in some things. I want to choose. You want to choose who your spouse is going to be. Maybe choose what your work is going to be. You want to choose what you eat or don't eat. You want to make choices big or small. We we are all pro-choice in that sense. But when it comes to pro-choice and abortion, the mom, the mother, that we should have compassion and mercy and grace for and help. This is, not, this is not an attack. We should not be attacking people and belittling them. We should help them and speak to them and share the truth. But when, when pro-choice and abortion is used, that's simply saying that the mother has a right to make a choice for another life, an innocent life. We're speaking up for the unborn, the one who cannot speak very different You remember growing up Jesus loves the little children born and unborn Jesus loves the little children all the children of the world He's about a culture life yes in abortion as was shared so beautifully this morning take a stand give support Show mercy and grace to those that are hurting and in need. We see the death culture all around us. It's not just about abortion or pro-life. The culture of death, there's someone that sets themselves up to have the the right to choose who should live and who who should not. Dangerously we see this. We see it uh, rising up all around us. You're not worthy to go on and live. You're too old. You're too weak. You're used to no one. You're sick. You're physically challenged or some impairment or needs. That's the culture of death that says life is only valued if I say it's valued. But here's what's beautiful. Is that God... Is the one who values life and he values everyone. And for me personally, I can hear that today because I've been here at the last few days. I've been seeing the faithfulness and the mercy and the goodness of God. Even the fact of being here alive this morning, an evidence of his goodness. Been through some tough spots in our lives. All of us have. But God has brought us through and put life into the situation. He's the God of life for you and for me. And he wants us to be that message to those that are around us. Can I encourage you to do that? God will bless you. You walk in those kingdom principles. It'll transform your life. We want our lives to be transformed that way. And essentially you can can define or summarize what living according to kingdom culture is. It's living like your king, living as your king lives. It's simply to be like him, to live like Jesus. That's it. He'll help us do that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Would you stand? Father, what a great time to be together this morning, to hear so many important things, places where, Lord, it's important for us to take a stand. Help us. We need to stay informed, to know Things we should do, the choices we should make, the voice that we should have to those that are around us. Thank you for each one that's here this morning, those that are watching online. Oh God, so grateful for each one of them. What a blessing. I pray, Lord, that they'll experience a new dimension of your glory, of your presence of your peace, of your love. And that God, each one of us, will rise up and walk in the power of your spirit and demonstrate your kingdom where we are. Pray that you'll receive the glory for this. All the glory in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Could you say amen and praise the Lord this morning before you go? We agree, Lord. God bless you. Have a great day. Be safe.